Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. It's our season finale of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. We welcome you to Coors Field here in Denver. Twins and the Rockies set to put a bow on the 2023 regular season. Of course, more baseball coming up for the Twins beginning on Tuesday. And we can't have our last show of the season without having a conversation with Twins manager Rocco Baldelli for the final time here in 2023. And Rock, this is our final conversation on a Sunday here this season, but more baseball coming up for you and the team beginning next week. But as we put a bow on the season, let's look back on the season that just uh, really went quickly. And now the Twins, again, have more playoff baseball coming up in a couple of days. But just take me back to the season, if you can, a general thought about how your team played this summer. Yeah, we've gone through so many different types of stretches with so many different players uh, this year. Um, It's been a pretty amazing year. The way it's come together, though, in the second half, it's been quite memorable. And um, uh, so many different individual guys that we'll point to, and probably guys you'll bring up over the course of this conversation. But uh, the way the team has gelled, the way that the offense has really come together, the way that the pitching has really been there all year, and and we've had, again, some guys really leading the way. Um, The the way that that's all worked, I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful thing. Getting back to the offense and really the dramatic turnaround from this team from what the first half numbers looked like to the second half, why did you believe that with the same guys, the numbers were eventually going to improve? Well, because there were some guys that were actually uh, doing fine. They weren't they weren't maybe uh, blowing up and, and having uh, exceptional seasons, but they were having good seasons. But the, the 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 results were not quite there. But also, we have some new players here too, and a lot of those young guys that came up were so impactful and influential on the the success that the team has had. Uh, really, sometimes it's just a mix. You you want to get the right mix of guys together to make it work, but. Uh, again, it's a combination of both. It's the young guys that just showed up and and really kind of took the place by storm. I really you know don't, don't like to be dramatic, but that's what happened. Uh, uh, and and the guys uh, that were here all year, many of them have really stepped it up and I think really settled in. Max Kepler entering game 162 leads this Twins offense in home runs and with that three-run shot last night surpassed Carlos Correa now for the team lead in RBI. Thinking about Kepler and the season is, uh, that he has had and the turnaround he has had, Rock, from, from the first half to now, what, what changed with Max Kepler this summer? It's, it's a very legitimate question that you're asking. Um, I cannot sit here and tell you what happened with Max Kepler. It was almost like... The snap of the fingers, something hit him 
Uh, and I, I'd like to give our hitting coaches some credit for that because they're the ones in there working with him every day, working on the finer adjustments that he's going to be bringing out onto the field every day. So obviously something went right down in the, the, the tunnel, you know, in, in the cage and getting the work in every, every single day because, uh, you know, at some point in the middle of the season, um, this guy was awoken and uh, he, he was on. He's been on, feels like, every pitch. Uh, and making great decisions and, and putting great swings on the ball every at-bat all season long uh, from, I don't know, somewhere in the, halfway through the season on. So uh, it's been awesome to see Kep back uh, playing great baseball. We never lost the great defense. That's always been there. But the offense has been something else. A guy that has been so valuable for this team as well has been Willie Castro. And for him, spring training, the numbers mattered. He had to produce to make the team, and that he did. And the impact he has made for this team, Rock, I don't think we, we thought he'd be this impactful, but he certainly has taken advantage of all this playing time and made the most of it. Impossible to quantify. He, because he's done so many different things. Actually, all the baseball fans out there uh, that you know follow the, the advanced statistics will probably tell me, no, no, no you, you can quantify it. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the energy that he brings, the way that he plays the game, uh, he kind of sprinkled some, some dust over some of the other guys too because you know, he kind of showed us what, things we're capable of what what we haven't seen a lot of we haven't seen a lot of that uh that slashing running aggressive type of baseball a ton here uh, over the last few years it's just the, the types of players we had but Willie has been so exceptional uh, a breath of fresh air but also productive and um in the outfield the in the infield I mean the the defensive work that he's done exceptional the base running exceptional and we've gotten more offense from him than we ever could have dreamed of and you know what we have Willie Castro going forward this is a guy that I think will will continue to impact Minnesota Twins baseball for a long time but he's he's been enormous He's had, a, he's had a great season. Ryan Jeffers, another guy that we should uh, call out with the season he has had offensively, by far the best he has looked in his young big league career. I want to end this segment, though, with some thoughts on the pitching. Sonny Gray leads this team and wins above replacement. Pablo Lopez, though, is going to get the ball first game one on Tuesdays. You were kind of going back and forth, and he had some off days to pick and choose here. But in the end, why Pablo in front of Sonny beginning on Tuesday? We did. We always have some choices. Sometimes you have to get creative to move guys around. But, but Frank, Frankly, uh, I don't think it matters that much uh, as far as who is pitching game one and game two. That's the way these guys have been lined up and going all year long uh, to try to finagle and move around everyone in our rotation to try to get those guys flipped. Uh, again, not something that I think is worth it. Two excellent starters, two guys that uh, uh, can go out there against really any team in baseball uh, and, and attack them and, and get outs and pitch in the zone and, and, and do their job well. Um, I, I think uh, uh, we have as good of a, of a rotation going out there in the playoffs as any team in baseball, and that's that's a great uh, thing to have, and, and it gives you a lot of confidence when you step out there on the field. If there is a game three on Thursday at Target Field, will Joe Ryan get the ball first if that game is needed next week? That's a wonderful question. I'm not prepared to sit here and, and answer that one yet. I do think that if we do get to a game three or, or really any deciding game, uh, going forward, I don't think we're going to be looking at simply handing the ball to a starter and seeing how far and successfully he can pitch. 
uh, I think it's going to be a collective effort. So even whether it's Joe or whether it's Maeda or whether it's a bullpen day or what, regardless of what we do, we're going to be using every available arm in every uh, uh, situation that we need them to throw. It's Rocco Baldelli joining us on our Sunday show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We'll come back and talk more about the upcoming postseason, the possible matchups, and what that roster may look like when the Twins take the field on Tuesday. Our Sunday conversation from Denver continues next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins on the Rockies coming up in just a bit to wrap up the regular season. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. All right, playoff time coming up on Tuesday. The Twins are going to face either the Houston Astros or the Toronto Blue Jays based on how those games play out here today. Regardless of the opponent, and we'll say it this way, if if it's either Houston or if it's Toronto, does the opponent matter if you'll take the extra pitcher or the extra position players you think about that 26-man roster? Uh, in-depth question. I, I, I don't think it matters. I, this is an in-depth show. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it is very hard-hitting, and I have to prepare. And I, Let me go through my notes over here. Um, no, no I, don't think, I don't think it's going to matter, but, but it could. And, and uh, uh, really, you know, we have a few things that we need to work through before we're actually going to sit down uh, and discuss um, particulars of the roster against each team. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to find some uh, interesting direction to go with on this one. But really what I would say is um, we're not quite at that point yet where we're going to be deciding uh, which of our players are going to fit against different opponents. Um, I'm going to wait and see. I, I'd like to just kind of take a deep breath, wait and see which of these teams comes out of it. Uh, I've enjoyed watching the baseball, watching all these these clubs play you know, really good late season, postseason type baseball, uh, duking it out. I think it's great for everyone, great for the league. We've all been there at different points in our careers, and uh, watching those teams go through it this week was pretty exciting. How important is the workout tomorrow to see, you know, Correa move around, to see Royce Lewis move around, to see Byron Buxton move around as you begin to think about who's going to be on the team, who won't make the team at that workout tomorrow to see how these guys are physically? It'll be helpful, but more than anything, I'm going to be relying on the medical staff to kind of tell me where these guys are all sitting. Uh, I think Carlos Correa is going to be out there playing shortstop for us. Um, the other two guys uh, in Buck and Royce, those are guys that we're going to have to learn more about and, and make actual decisions on uh, once we get to uh, once we get to Monday slash Tuesday. So um, the, the workout will help, um, but really uh, Nick Paparesta, our head trainer, um, you know, our doctors and their thoughts and our, our entire medical staff, is they're going to be the biggest part of telling us what these guys are capable of. Well, the team has been in Denver. Those guys have been moving around and in some simulated games, working out at the ballpark over the weekend. Have you heard good things from the medical team about how those guys are responding to their treatments and to actual baseball movement? Generally, I have. I'm not going to go into exactly how each one of those guys are doing, you know, kind of on purpose. Our beat writers and our media that we talk to every day, they, they generally ask those questions every day. And my, my uh, general thought um, was to have Dustin Morris put, put the, uh, the, the leaflet out every day saying a workout was completed at Target Field. And that's going to be the extent of, of what we announce uh, about how all of those guys are doing and what they're doing every day. Will the Buxton conversation be a difficult one for you, thinking about what may or may not happen in the next, you know, 24, 36 hours? Well, I have a great connection and ability to sit down with Buck. Buck will talk through anything uh, with me. He uh, is a very thoughtful guy and, and all, all of that, and I love him. So any decision or any conversation that we have on uh, Buck 
it's always an emotional decision and conversation because he means so much to, to so many people around here. Everybody wants to see him on the field succeeding, showing off all of his talents and winning games for the, for the Twins. Uh, obviously, he hasn't been out there this year to the extent that, uh, that he wants or really anybody wants. So there have been hard conversations with him before, but we're going to wait and see. What we're going to do is let uh, things play out. We're going to get to tomorrow. We're going to go through a workout. We're going to sit down and talk and just see where it all kind of settles out. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to settle out as I sit here right now. So uh, I still have a lot to learn as well. In terms of, of building your lineup for that first game on Tuesday, and let's just throw out hypothetically that it is from Valdez, a lefty pitching, and the Astros begin the postseason Tuesday at Target Field. As the season's played out, when the Twins have seen a left-handed starter, you've opted to go with more right-handed bats than lefties. Postseason series against a guy like him or any other lefty that the Twins will see in a starting role, will you abide by that same strategy and play more righties and maybe sit at least in starting roles for guys like Matt Walner, Alex Kirilov, et cetera? Yeah, generally speaking, we're going to play our righties uh, against uh – Almost every lefty. There are lefties that are truly, truly reverse split lefties. They have been their whole career, uh, meaning that they're just they're just better against uh, truly better against right-handed hitters than they are against left-handed hitters. It's a very rare thing for a left-hander to be that type of profile. The vast majority of them are are so much better against left-handed hitters um, that uh, we're, we're going to go out there and send our guys out there that have that have been doing it all year and and that are prepared to do. It. You know, sending a bunch of left-handed hitters out to face a lefty in a, in a playoff scenario when they really haven't faced any of them all year long, I don't think it's fair to the players either. So um, that would be a general thought. But you know what? At each position, we'll have to make a call, and you never know. Maybe we do have a couple of our guys out there that are left-handed hitters. And Max Kepler, kind of the outlier there, right? His numbers against left-handed pitching been been pretty good this year, right? He has been. He stayed in there really well. Um, he's a guy that we've let hit against basically everyone. Uh, over the last five years since I've been here. And uh, we've seen some ups and downs against the left-handed pitchers, but um, I, I think he's shown a, enough this year uh, uh, to have him out there in, in all situations. Plus, the defense is always exceptional. Final thought before we take our last break. In terms of your catching tandem between Ryan Jeffers and Christian Vasquez, how do you pick who starts that first game on Tuesday? With Pablo going, where are you leaning with that with that option? I'm going to look right back at you and ask the same question. How do you pick? I mean, it's, it's not, it's not going to be an easy... Uh, uh, decision one way or the other, but I think we're going to be waiting until Tuesday to find out just what we end up doing. I mean, both guys have done very good things for us this year. Two very different players, two guys that are going to offer you uh, very different things, but uh, it's a, that's going to be a decision that comes down to the last minute. We'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins on this Sunday afternoon from Denver next on your home for Twins Baseball. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
It's our final segment of Insights Wins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. The Twins are back in the playoffs for the third time in five years. From your seat, managing in the postseason, what, what have you learned about how to manage in the postseason from years prior that puts you in a better spot this time around? Well, I think that's uh, very reasonable. I think about that all the time. I think these games are, are they're different. I mean, there, there's no way to look at it uh, and say they're they're just like playing regular season games. Uh, the intensity level is is great. The pitching, the way you you handle your pitching, I think, is actually probably the most interesting part of that conversation. You know, you're not going to be waiting around very long. You know, pitching through situations, and you know, if there's some runs on the board, I think you go to your best pitchers and you let your best pitchers try to win the game for you. Uh, and that's starters, that's relievers, and you're not going to hold back. Uh, I think you're going to the bullpen possibly a little earlier than you're going to be going to the bullpen. Uh, in a regular season game, but I think you're going to see the the Durans and you're going to see the, uh, the the Jacks and Thielbars and Varlins and, and those guys in these games, and you're going to see them in the games earlier than maybe you've seen them before. Have you seen enough from Chris Paddock that, that tells you that this guy could be in play for us come postseason? I think he's going to be firmly in the conversation. Um, Paddock's done a great job. He's worked his way back. He's had, he's had a lot of live outings too that weren't at the big league level so it's not like these are the only times he's pitched of course he's he's only going to get a couple of outings with us um, but he looked really good uh, uh, in this series um, the ball's coming out of his hand great he's always been a good strike thrower so that's never been really a question with him so I think he's going to be again in the conversation just where he fits or how he fits could not tell you um, you know generally uh, talking he's uh, he's a guy that can give you two or three innings so that's that's something that he offers on top of what some of the other guys are going to be able to offer you but uh, all that said uh, those decisions again they'll be tough but they'll be they'll be on Tuesday. Twins made a roster move this morning putting Dallas Keuchel on the I.O. with a calf injury and Jorge Alcala is back and uh, he is active and can pitch if needed today but with Keuchel now out of the mix have Cody Funderburk as a left-hander in your bullpen right now. As you think about bullpen construction, do you think it's important to have a second lefty behind Theobar come Tuesday? Well, I like to have a second lefty, and Fundy has good stuff. I think Fund, uh, Fundy uh, has the type of stuff that can get both lefties and righties out um, and, and good hitters out. It's, it's one thing to be, you know, you know, able. It's another thing to be to be you know very solid against almost anyone that you face and, and I would feel comfortable putting him out there against almost everyone he might not be the first or second or third guy we go to in the key spots but you start getting to a third game in a series you're going to have to look to some other guys to get some outs and he could definitely be one of those guys how do you dress pitching today Bailey Ober is going to start the, uh, the the regular season finale is it much like Joe Ryan that you want this guy to pitch as deep as possible today Bailey's going to have to go as deep as possible we're, we're in Coors Field uh, things get crazy here. Nothing goes simple. You, you rarely get through a nine-inning game uh, without issue. Um, so you end up throwing a lot of pitches. That being said, ba- Bailey's going to have about 100 pitches to work with today. Um, you know, we, we were going to probably have to make some type of move anyway today to get Alcala available and, and on the roster and, and able to pitch for us uh, because we don't have that many guys that we want to throw today. We don't want to throw Duran and Thielbar and Jax, and, and there's a few guys that we just do not want to put in this game. So we're going into the game a little bit shorter because we want to save these guys and, and all of their uh, availability for Tuesday. Is Louis Varlin in play today or Kenta Maeda in play today? So Kenta probably will not be pitching today. Lou Varlin could have a short stint today. 
Uh, Brock Stewart could have a short stint today, but I think a lot of the, the coverage today is going to be uh, Bailey Ober, it's going to be Jorge Alcala, it's going to be Thunderbird, and uh, the two guys that I just mentioned too. Right, Alcala is here, and you said he's probably going to pitch here today. Did you hear good things about how he was throwing in St. Paul and even back at Target Field during his rehab? I've heard he's, he's looked really good. Um, he's throwing the ball just like his, his normal self. His slider, I think, has looked uh, uh, good too. Um, you know, when you get a guy like Jorge Alcala back who has electric stuff, when he's right, when he's, when he's settled in and throwing strikes, uh, it looks really good. Um, all that said, he hasn't been back for very long. This will be a nice chance for him, I think, to take the mound at the big league level, show us what he's got a little bit, but also just kind of get back. It's, it's, it's been a while for him, and I think just getting back out there will be uh, pretty exciting. All right, final two minutes of our uh, Sunday conversation here at Inside Twins, our season finale of this fine show. We thank you for your time today and all season long. Uh, are you just excited to see the atmosphere around the ballpark? Come Tuesday, the last time the Twins played a playoff game was during COVID. Only people there were staff members, uh, and they sat in the second deck. But to see a packed crowd back at Target Field for playoff baseball has to be on your mind. I mean, those are the things that light up the players and light up the staff. Um, when we walk out, when we walk out onto the uh, onto the field, you know, for the national anthem, and you look around and you see a packed uh, uh, group around you, and people that are there for you, people that are that are pulling hard. Um, that's the kind of stuff that kind of takes what we do to the next level. And we play a lot of games in baseball, but these playoff games, uh, these are what we kind of live for. This is why we do what we do. This is why we played baseball as a kid or loved baseball at some point in our, in our lives. This is what inspired us. It's, it's the fans, it's the electric, uh, nature of, of these games. This is what it's all about. And, uh, uh, the support that we get is uh, it's it's really everything to us, and, and I'm really looking forward to just getting out there on Tuesday and showing the fans what, what kind of team we got in, in this kind of environment. And the likelihood of the brand-new Baldelli baby boys, the Twins, will they see their first game at Target Field this week? I think they will. This, we, we were debating this in our household. Allie would really want to get – she really wants to get there and bring them. So I think we might bring them upstairs uh, and, and kind of get them in kind of a little bit of a – uh, more secluded environment. But Allie and the boys, this will be their first game, and I think it's going to be Tuesday. It's exciting for us. Yeah, I'm sure you want to get a picture, too, at some point on the field, right? The whole Baldelli family on the field at Target Field? All, all five of us. Our, our dog is going to be quite jealous, but uh, the five of us will be out there, and uh, th that'll be beautiful. All right, Rock, thanks for your time. Again, all season long, we'll have our normal pregame conversation uh, come playoff time on Tuesday, but this expanded uh, show on Sunday. It's been a blast, and thanks for your insight all season long. And thank you for everything. Corey. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Let's do it. That's Rocco Baldelli. More to come. Twins and the Rockies coming up. But first, it is the pregame show with Chris Atterbury. That's coming up after this timeout right here on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.